Welcome to Spark My Muse, everyone. I am your host, Lisa DeLay. This is Soul School Lesson 118, The Uncertainty of Silence. As I come to you for this episode, it is a freezing cold January morning. And I am almost done with an ebook that I plan to give to my supporters of $5 or more. If you would like to get this book, go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse and sponsor my work at $5 or more. You will also be able to get a portion of this book by signing up for my newsletter. It's supposed to be a monthly newsletter, but sometimes, but sometimes I don't get around to sending out a newsletter. If you would like to be on my newsletter, go to sparkmymuse.com go under the contact heading, and then you can subscribe for that. I'm excited to bring you this work that I'm doing, and I'm also excited to start pitching a book that's in the works. More on that later. Today I'm going to be reading you something from a book called Notes on Silence. This is a book by Cassidy Hall and Patrick Shen. The book complements a movie called in Pursuit of Silence. Patrick Shen is a filmmaker, author, and the founder of Transcendent Media. And Cassidy Hall is an author, filmmaker, podcaster, and photographer who holds a master's in counseling, and she's pursuing her Master of Divinity right now. The beautiful thing about this book, which I was very happy to have purchased in hard copy form, is it's full of gorgeous photography, essays, poetry, notes about the film, and interviews. And what I plan to share with you today is an essay by Cassidy Hall on page 20 called The Uncertainty of Silence. In Pursuit of Silence is an award-winning film that is available for rental and purchase, and I recommend that you pursue viewing that. Here we go with the essay, The Uncertainty of Silence by Cassidy Hall. I want to be with those who know secret things or else alone. That's a quote by Rainer Maria Rilke. I was around eight years old when I began to have reoccurring dreams about death. With a rush of adrenaline, shocked and relieved to be alive, I'd wake up only remembering I was dead and floating in a white skyscape of silence. I was alone, lost, and stagnant in limitless space and eternal time. At eight, this nothingness had me sprinting to my parents' bed. Now these dreams no longer haunt me in the same way. They've created in me a reverence for mystery and a deep longing to know the unknowable, to hold the ungraspable, and to forever chase what can never be caught. We live in a world that loves to know. We like to intellectualize things, name people, describe experiences, and we gloat over our ability to share tangible evidence of these ungraspable things. In this way, metaphors hold meaning for the nameless. They help us to make sense of the unknowable. We spend our lives using language to clothe the mysteries with metaphors and fail to consider the naked unknown as something to behold. The act of defining is an interesting tool. It can be both harmful and helpful. We often use names to remain in control. 
sometimes defining as means for domination, regulation, or containment. Most often, names are used in order to make the definer feel more comfortable, naming religion, sexuality, nationality, and gender, to name a few. This sense of comfort we draw from our ability to define the other gives us a sense of comfort, and comfort makes us feel in control. But what really happens is we paint ourselves and the other into a corner and fall victim to both our own and everyone else's definitions. In this vain attempt to grasp, I cannot help but contend that a controlled experience always takes us away from a mystical encounter. Holding creates the impossibility of beholding. As a monk once told me, naming the nameless can leave all unrecognizable. Naming an encounter implies an unattainable certitude. When really, the elusive nature of mystery befalls all of our understanding. To say something is or isn't, to say something has a name or doesn't, implies a dualistic nature. And in our desperate desire to cling, we are left time and time again, barefaced before the mystery that silence is. It is only when we rid ourselves of this dualistic nature that we begin to see mystery for what it sincerely is. We begin to touch the bottomless depths of something hosting imponderable facets. While working on In Pursuit of Silence, the topic of silence as a spiritual or religious practice or belief came up on a regular basis. Silence is not necessarily spiritual or religious, and yet for some it may be entirely spiritual or religious. Silence is no stranger to being likened to God in some fashion. On the other hand, some might equate silence with an absence of God, at least in concept. Silence holds the tension of absence and presence. Silence lives and breathes in the paradox of mysteries. Silence is infinite in its magnitude, while remaining invariably not. Silence is fully here and fully there, as much as it is nowhere and everywhere. Maggie Ross has suggested that silence is salvation. Others, like St. John of the Cross, have marred it as a place of darkness and despair. And yet, these implications don't diminish the capacity of the thinker to appreciate such an absence or presence with silence as it relates to God or otherwise. This is the beauty of silence. It navigates its own path into an individual's understanding. Here's a quote from Thomas Merton. One might say I decided to marry the silence of the forest. The sweet, dark warmth of the whole world will have to be my wife. So perhaps I have an obligation to persevere the stillness, the silence, the poverty, the virginal point of pure nothingness, which is at the center of all other loves. Thomas Merton For me, silence has been a place where I find the divine and I find myself. While my wariness of silence has been potent since my first meeting, I realize this is because of the depths of the unknown to which she has taken me. I often consider those reoccurring dreams first leading me to a lifelong love affair 
with the forever unrevealed. I consider the terrifying eight-year-old worrying her way through life, reaching for something that always seemed withheld. To be honest, not much has changed. My worry is now anxiety. My reaching is now longing. Only now I sit drenched in wonder as I tirelessly stretch out my arms toward the unknown. Now I smile in awe as I relentlessly attempt to package the mystery in language. And that's an essay by Cassidy Hall from the book Notes on Silence, written and edited by Cassidy Hall and Patrick Shen. In wintertime, it is particularly potent to me to reflect a bit on silence because as the snow comes down and blankets everything, it kind of insulates the world a bit and you don't hear the birds singing like you do in other seasons and people are quiet, keeping warm in their homes. And I also feel like I'm hibernating and trying to keep warm in my own home. Reflecting on the ineffable can be hard to do with language. And silence can be something that we fear, and it can be something that we relish. It depends on where our heart is and where our anxieties are residing. If they pop up during silence, silence might be something we avoid. If silence is something that causes us to reflect and comforts us or gives us reasons to be full of gratitude, then we might really look forward to the silence. But perhaps just pondering on silence itself right now might be something we can do in this wintertime as we hunker down a little bit and wait for spring. Now, I realize that there are people who listen to this program in New Zealand and Australia and all over the world where it's a different season. It's a different seasonal time. It's the height of summer. And as you ponder silence in your own way, in your own reflecting, consider the ineffable qualities of silence and what it means to you. I thank you so much for your support in 2019 for me. I ask that you will come and support the show at patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse and get a hold of my ebook that's coming up in a week or two. If you come and join up at Patreon, you will learn the name of the book, which will be revealed publicly later on. There are some really wonderful things planned for this year, some fantastic guests, some fantastic topics, and I'm very excited to share them with you. If you would like to reach out to me, send me an email, you can always do that at contact at sparkmymuse.com. I'm happy to hear from you. I'm happy to hear about your ideas and your experiences with silence, as well as your ideas for good guests for this show and book recommendations and people you think are doing amazing things in the world. Until next week, I bid you blessing and peace.